hear the talking queers. Now that we're all here, the party can begin. You've come to the right place for the midnight hour. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that means hey, bitch. And werewolf. Werewolf! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Jake. And I'm Frankie. Yes. And you have made it to the cursed episode of Fear the Talking Queers. <gasps> Oh my god, do you think this will be a curse? Well, a host was a haunted episode, so do you think that um, that curse will be a cursed episode? Yes, and I'll tell you exactly why. Why? Because there's something about this movie and me that every time I watch it, when it's over, I forget everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some, I've been cursed when it comes to this movie. (laughs) Every time I watch it, I'm like... I don't remember any of this, and I feel like I just watched it. Before we jumped into Cursed, there are some things that we came across today. Um, The first one was the House of Gucci trailer. Yes, Gaga. Oh my god. This, we have literally been blessed by the gods of camp. Right. This is so campy. I'm like, (laughs) are there any historical facts? I'm like, who made this? I hope not. Yeah, I hope there are no historical facts that it's just full-on melodrama. Like, this could be Gaga's Mommy Dearest. (laughs) (laughs) My my biggest pet... Not pet peeve. My biggest gripe about the um, what I've seen so far in the trailer was just, girl, those Count Chocula-ass <laughs> accents. <laughs> My favorite was uh, Jared Leto as God knows who in that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, the penguin or something. And he's like, you big day real firecracker. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> count, like in the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> One Gucci. Ah, yeah. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. What did she say? Uh, father, son, house of Gucci. To the father and the son and the house of Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, it looks just absolutely bananas. Bonkers. And I like that the, the trailer didn't give away much, honestly, which I appreciate. No. Just some fashions. We get a few lines here and there. And bitch, that Heart of Glass remix was everything. Oh my god. Ooh! No! <laughs> <laughs> That's that her? That's her, right? Who? Gog? Yes, I think it's Gaga. I think it's her voice. Is it? Oh my god. I thought it was Debbie Harry. Slow it down. Oh, maybe. To me, I was like, oh, it's her. Jake, Jake's like <laughs> Jake's like that makes sense to me that she'd be in the movie she'd be singing the song right <laughs> Jake still was raised on Disney Channel the fucking Disney Channel <laughs> okay what do you mean you don't mean Nev Campbell wasn't no, she wasn't going ah, ah. <laughs> that's not her it's Sydney's lament it only makes sense that she would sing it yes yeah, you don't have the cast album of Scream. 
honestly, you crack me up. But everybody, no, look and scream like back to scream. Um, <laughs> when Tatum is uh, going to get the beer and they're playing that Republica song, I always think it's oh, Tatum yeah. singing. <laughs> I, I know my ex-boyfriend lies. That would be yeah. her big number. <gasps> the musical. Oh my god, I want Scream the musical so badly. I, I don't think I should admit this. But I think about that more often than I should about <laughs> creating a, a scream musical. But what if what if it was scream the musical? But they sang the songs from the soundtrack, right? Oh yeah, totally. That would be like great. That. I mean, they they, they kind of do that. I mean, they did do that before the Rockwell in Los Angeles closed. But they would have um, shows called the unauthorized version of m- whatever movie, and yeah. it was like. It was like a campy, ridiculous version of the sh- movie, and then uh, set usually to like the songs from the soundtrack, or like kind of like we do soundtrack Sunday, like yeah, you know, similar ones. But yeah, but they did one of Scream. Ah, oh, and stop. I wonder if you can find it on YouTube. Maybe. Yeah, they did. Can, oh my god, that would be amazing. Like, can you be- like Stu's like Tatum, go get me a beer, and then like she breaks into a song. I know my ex boyfriend lies, and then there's a reprise yes. as the garage door is going up. Brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before, unafraid to reference or not reference, put it in a blender, shit on it, vomit on it, eat it, give birth to it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I always thought? Okay, this is a little more like the serious side of how seriously I've been thinking about this. So I'm like, okay, I was like, it'd be ridiculous have ghost face <laughs> sing right okay yeah ridiculous so i was like how do we get around this i was like what <laughs> if during the kills it was almost like three greek <gasps> chorus people they come on too and they and they, the they gown perform. the black robes yes yeah, like black robes on whatever and they do like a number that's sort of like narrating but like a little yeah. more abstractly, you know, singing a but, song up. But hidden in his coat is yes. a red <laughs> right hand. Yes, yes. Imagine, like I was like, that's the that's the way to get. And while they're being murdered, the song is yes. being sung. And like, ah, uh, imagine. Yeah, that would be great. I'm calling all the producers right now. You know, the most fun number would be toward the end when they're all getting to the party, thinking that they're oh, gonna be yes. fine. And oh, like, I got a party number. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's exactly what it would be. Oh my god. Think- oh, okay. Wait, the Drew opening? Like, what is happening with that? Oh my god. Oh, it's a big number. Intense, just showstopper. Just, you know, kick it off just like the movie did. Yeah. Oh my god. And get a big star. Laura Bell Bundy. That's <laughs> Drew. That's <laughs> <laughs> Casey Becker. <laughs> oh my god yeah oh you know what else i'm really excited about i just watched a whole behind the scenes thing of the new chucky series yes that sounds awesome let me tell you about it yes tell me so the the lead character the young teen that's um, gonna be the one to buy chucky from like a yard sale it looks like Mm -hmm. he is going to be a gay character ew yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, no, that's so exciting. Yeah, it looks really fun. And I guess Don Mancini is fashioning the show after the look and the storyline of Child's Play 2 because he said that universally that's like the fan favorite of the franchise. What? That's not true. Uh, well, that's what they're saying. They're okay, lying. So. They know it's Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Don't play ah! me. <laughs> No, Bride of Chucky's like 50-50. I no mean, for way. the fan. What? Oh, no. Yeah, I girl. love Bride of Chucky. That's the, the Child's Play 2 is really good. And so, and they're bringing back the OGs. You know, like, Jennifer Tilly's going to be there. Fiona Dorff's going to be there. You know, she's part of the franchise. Um, the, orig- uh, the original uh, uh, Andy, Alex, Vincent. Wow. And then... Um, the girl that played his his older foster sister in Child's Play 2 is also returning. And then they have wow. a new added member of um, Devin Sawa. Wow. Okay. A little horror royalty. <laughs> yeah. He said that ever since he's been in Final Destination and Idle Hands, he's been looking for another opportunity <laughs> to return to horror. No, wait. Did he really say that? Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. I thought that was a joke. I was like, yes, that's a hilarious thing. He would say that. And then... No, gosh. he literally <laughs> said that. <laughs> wow. He said it in the behind the scenes. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. You know, real quick, little tangent. I always get the boy who played Andy in the original Child's Play mixed up with the kid that plays the little boy in, in the, the Santa Claus. Oh. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Girl! <laughs> Not Santa Claus. What? Yes. <laughs> with Jim think, Allen? Yeah, I think they're the same boy. <laughs> yeah, even though uh, the, the boy that played Andy was like 20 <laughs> by the time that the Santa Claus came out. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> I'm excited to see other Andy, not the one from the Santa Claus. So did, they, did you see any of Jennifer as Tiffany? Um, No, but it looks oh. like... Are they keeping it, that under wraps for some reason? I don't know. You know, I, it picks up where the last one left off. And in the last one, Chucky finally took over that girl's body. Fiona Dwarf's character. Mm-hmm. And so Chucky's not in the doll. So somehow Chucky has to end up back in the doll. But at the end of Cult of Chucky, like Tiffany and Fiona Dwarf's character like took off together because they were now Chucky and Tiffany. So now they're, it looks like they're going to have some kind of like steamy lesbian scene. Ooh, um, wow. Jennifer and Fiona. So um, that might be real hot. But somehow, some way, his soul has to end up back in that doll. So Right, 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 right. Ooh, and they also show um, Charles Lee Ray as a young boy the first time he ever killed. And it kind of looks like it's Halloween inspired, like Judith Myers type. Right. Kill. Wow. I'm just, you know, I'm surprised that such a big project like this is taking place on the sci fi channel. Let's I know. See. It's also going to be on the USA network. So it's going to oh, be okay. on two channels. It's versatile. I mean, I, I think it's so exciting, like, to get a whole series dedicated to Chucky. Yeah. I hope that, you know what? I'm going to be honest honest about like slasher series they never seem to work for some reason so i'm really curious to see if this is going to break that mold i i think it will it looks great it looks like it has um, some camp but it looks like it's really returning to the aesthetic of the original so i think that it's going to be lots of bright colors lots of stage lighting we know we love that you know what i was like i'm trying to here i'm like thinking to myself like why don't slasher series work and I think it's because they take place over too long of a time. Usually slashers, like, they always take place within, like, a one day or two days. Oh, yeah. You know? 
But I think that when they you draw it out over time, it's like ridiculous. It's like no one's caught the killer. Yeah, no one's caught the killer. No, this is insane. This is still going on. Like, I don't know. So that's why I think they don't work. But it makes sense that this might work because nobody's gonna suspect a, a doll. doll. Yeah, it, it goes back to that classic format. Right. So then the so the mystery will is like able to still go on. Yeah, that's true. Because in Scream, the TV series is like, really, like, no one's gonna catch yeah. the killer. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. But I did think that some moments worked in Scream, but overall, it was like 90210 with a serial killer on the loose. So it was like... Totally. Okay. I liked parts of it. I thought it, uh, it like almost had balls. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To like go through with it, but all the main characters just stayed alive the entire time. Oh my god, the end of that last season of that of those characters... Oh. Girl, yeah. and they were all just fine, just locked up and tied up. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Oh it's God. like this is. Oh, are you excited for? I know what you did last summer, the TV series. Yes, yes, I am. I can't wait to. Like, who's in it? It's gonna be released in October. Yeah, I, I looked at the IMDb and I didn't recognize any of the names, but it doesn't say who's playing what. Yeah, you know? I saw people on Instagram like, who do you think's gonna play Helen Shivers? And I'm, or who's gonna fill shoes? I'm like, I don't think that it's gonna be Helen. It's gonna be somebody else. Yeah, probably like not. It's gonna be. I don't know. A I set of people. I don't know. I think it might be the <gasps> character. No. I was reading it. I was just reading an article about it the other day, and he was, and how the writer was describing it was just like, yeah, I'm just bringing these characters to the new, you know, war- time. No. And yeah. Like I think that it might be the same characters, which would be very interesting. You know what people were also really excited about? What? They were really excited back in 2005 <laughs> for the next Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven mashup of the movie Cursed. Like, this was supposed to be the best werewolf movie ever made. Yes, and let me tell you, when they saw it, they were so disappointed with what the fuck they were watching. (laughs) Everybody was going there expecting the next scream turned monster movie. And what we ended up with was a fucking project from hell. Yeah. It was uh, closer to Frankenstein (laughs) than anything else. As far as the movie being put together. What a mess. Yeah. With um, two full stacked casts. One we'll never see. So many stars were involved in this movie. It's just so bizarre that it turned out to be what it was. You know what? Before we even get into the synopsis let's just start from the inception of the idea for this film sure so kevin williamson wanted to i guess write a, like a new wave werewolf movie so he did right and then uh, miramax offered to pay wes craven like you know above his salary or whatever mm-hmm. to make this film and they're like great they had a budget of 38 million dollars and they started filming in 2000 three and in the OG plot um, it found three characters who get in a car accident on Mulholland Drive and then they get attacked by an animal and all three of them become werewolves and it's about them sort of navigating through their lives and Ski Ulrich was originally in this version yeah he was playing a character named Vince a character that yeah. um, was just completely eliminated from the script. So right, he was like this Hollywood bad boy that had like a really dramatic storyline, and he was the love interest for Christina Ricci's character. And then Christina Ricci's character wasn't even related to Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, just what in the hell? It was a disaster. Well, it's just a completely different movie. A lot of people are saying, you know, there's like buzz that 
that was going to be the better version. Brian Collins wrote an article on, what was it, ScreenFestLA.com. And he wrote that he saw the rough cut of the original version. And honestly, it's not different enough from the version we got to be, like, that much better. Like, it's just whatever. Yeah, it sent, like, it was more like, it wasn't a perfect movie. It still had flaws. But probably was going to be end up being better, like than what we have. But he's like, it's not. It's, it wasn't a movie without problems. It kind of had the roadmap of Scream, but a monster movie. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I feel like there's just a difference in the amount of action or how the action happens. It doesn't. Yeah. It's like people say it follows the Scream formula, but I'm like, where? Well, we'll get into it probably as the the theory goes on. I mean, it's not really Scream, but it is kind of Scream. Right. And, the original version and as we go through the scenes that actually like we'll bring it up right and then um so they finished filming almost the entire movie except for maybe like the last 25 minutes like the ending and everything right and so the weinsteins shut down production we're like we don't like this we don't like this storyline we don't like this there needs to be more kills there needs to be more that and blah 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 I want more, more, more big fat pig, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, um, they ended up doing reshoots like months later because of scheduling conflicts. Half the cat, they lost half the cast, including Heather Langenkamp from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And Ski Ulrich and Omar Epps and. I'm missing you like Candy Mandy Moore. Oh my God, Miss Mandy Moore was in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, J- uh, J- James Brolin was in it. There was a whole, this is a whole different cast. It's so basically, they finished this movie and had utilized almost a hundred million dollars. Oh my, what a fucking waste. And when this movie went to the box office, in its entirety, it only made 29 million. Yikes. Wow. So this was an epic failure, and a lot of people wish to release the Craven cut on some like special edition Blu-ray. That's never gonna happen. Right, because they don't have the ending film. Yeah. There's no ending that yeah, was filmed no for that ending. version because it got changed by then. It might be worth just putting that rough cut in like the special features and then it just ends. Like that right. would be super mysterious yeah. almost, but I mean, what are you gonna do? I don't know, but what we got, I- I'm not mad at, but we'll get into it. All right, this is Curse. Men, they're all beasts. Jake didn't want me. And if I can't have him, <laughs> you know how that line goes. <laughs> Cursed, released in 2005, written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven. R.I.P. Wes Craven. R.I.P. Daddy. Our film begins when two friends, Jenny, played by Maya. Oh, hi. <laughs> my love is like well my kiss is like well <laughs> and Becky played by Shannon Elizabeth uh, they're at a pier and decide to get their fortune told by Zella played by Portia de Rossi Jenny's goal is to have the fortune teller let Becky know to drop the guy she's been pursuing a terrible feeling comes over Zella who reads both of their palms in a panic Zella says she sees lots of blood and they will suffer a terrible fate She tells them it's not the guy they should be worried about, but the beast. They don't believe her. Jenny walks off and Becky tells Zella to lay off the crack pipe. (laughs) What the fuck? Who wrote that line? Actually, it was Shannon um, (laughs) improving. Say something snarky. Lay off the crack pipe. You can't tell people this shit. (laughs) I would have said, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, you witch. 
Cut to downtown Hollywood. We are introduced to high school student Jimmy, played by Jesse Eisenberg, walking his dog Zipper, played by Scooter. R.I.P. Scooter. You know he's dead. He was he was replaced too. He was originally being played by Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> While Jimmy is waiting to be picked up, he runs into his crush, Brooke, played by Christina Anapow, and her boyfriend, Beau, played by Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> now you have to say it like Lady Gaga would. Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> Beau bullies Jimmy as he believes Jimmy is gay. Beau scares Jimmy off, who then calls his ride his sister, Ellie, played by Christina Ricci. Ellie assures Jimmy she'll be there soon, but she has stopped by Tinsel, a new Hollywood hotspot. Wait, is this a hotspot club or is this like a museum? It's supposed to be a club, which is so weird. Okay, yeah, I know. It's like a wax museum. Later in the movie, Jimmy is like, is this what all clubs are like? So, um, yeah, it's supposed to be, a. it's like a mix of a haunted museum and a club. And I'm kind of into that. Yeah, that's like the Academy of Science here in San Francisco. <laughs> yes, exactly. But with Dracula. <laughs> but Dracula, the house of Gucci. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so Tinsel is a new Hollywood hotspot created by Ellie's boyfriend, Jake, played by Joshua Jackson. He is busy getting Tinsel together for its grand opening. Jake seems sort of standoffish to Ellie. He assures her he's just stressed and wants to lay low for a few days as he needs some space. He's a lay out the crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell people this shit. <laughs> Later, Jimmy and Ellie are driving down Mulholland Drive, one of Jake's favorite movies. Oh my God, I love it so much. I do. And I as really they. Do. Sorry. <laughs> Silencio, okay. Yeah, lay off the crack pipe. <laughs> Oh, God, okay. As Jimmy and Ellie argue over how late Ellie was picking Jimmy up, they hit an animal, causing them to slam into another car, which rolls over the guardrail and down a steep hillside. Jimmy and Ellie attempt to rescue the other driver, which turns out to be Becky. So Jimmy manages to unbuckle Becky from her seat, but just then, a wolf-like creature smashes through the driver's window, grabbing Becky by the shoulder with its teeth and dragging her out of the car. Jimmy holds on to Becky's feet and Ellie grabs Jimmy's. All three are dragged by the creature as Becky screams bloody murder. Jimmy loses grip as the creature continues gnashing at Becky. Jimmy and Ellie decide to run before they are also attacked. They both notice they have been slashed by the creature's claws. Suddenly, Becky's body is thrown in front of them. They watch in horror as Becky reaches to them for help, but she's only a torso. Every body part from the hips down has been eaten by the creature. Ellie screams in terror as police arrive at the crash site. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have any words for that scene. Just start, start from, from the, the top. top. Hey! <laughs> now from the top, make it drop. That's some cursed ass <laughs> pussy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we find out instantly that um, Jenny and Becky are cursed by yes. Miss Zayla. Yes. Played by Portia de Rossi. This is like the last movie to feature, I feel like, this core group of 2000s actors. Right. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, like, where did Shannon Elizabeth go? I literally had to check her Instagram to make sure she was, like, still alive. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she looks exactly the same, just with a little more mileage on her. You mean wrinkles and bags? <laughs> yeah, good for her. Yeah. You know who else looks the same? Maya. She oh. still looks 
like this. Oh, nice. Well, we forgot two other characters in the scene. You didn't write them down. That would be um, Jenny's bangs and Becky's bangs. Oh my god, they're a character all themselves. <laughs> it's literally the bangs that were later featured in Flavor of Love three on <laughs> Thing 1 and Thing 2. <laughs> yes, yes, they just used the same wigs. Thing 1, Thing 2, these are for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, so this is like a random opening, I feel like, because originally the opening of this movie was much different because it didn't exist. So basically the beginning of this movie was a scene that we get later and it was going to be Mandy Moore instead of Maya playing Jenny and Mandy Moore was going to be this big kill in the opening yeah. like it was gonna be at the event you know it's a scene we see later with maya but with mandy moore yeah that but she's playing a but opening. she was playing a waitress she was playing a waitress instead of a party goer which apparently you can see her in the party shot later yeah serving drinks dressed like a cat <laughs> um so that was gonna be jenny and she was gonna have this big opening death scene and mandy moore is gonna be sort of the drew barrymore of right cursed. yeah so, um, and then Shannon Elizabeth, some of these shots are actually from the original version because Shannon Elizabeth was going to be on the pier. So some of the shots of her solo were from the original shoot. And um, that's because she was going to be Ski Ulrich's character's girlfriend. These people filmed two fully different movies. Two different movies. Two different and movies. And some, some made the cut and some did not. And then we get to Jimmy, was played by Jesse Eisenberg, who honestly, this is like the one movie I've seen where I'm kind of like, am I crazy? But Je- Jesse Eisenberg is kind of like adorable. In this. What the hell? Are you smoking? <laughs> Lay off the crack pipe. Lay off. <laughs> Lay off the crack pipe. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, of the movies I've seen Jesse Eisenberg in, I guess this was the one I would pick. Yeah, that he's the more adorable. Cute. Yeah, like uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Um, Oh, who plays who is. Oh my god, he is fly, sexy, cool. Uh, all yeah, of just amazing, gorgeous, big dick, all that. Big and, dick, that um, ass. <laughs> right, and honestly, this scenario that plays out between him and Jimmy is literally my high school fantasy. Oh my god, it's so problematic. <laughs> it's super like, problematic. Because it's like, oh my, I mean, of course, I don't think this would fly today because I think there's a little no. bit more talk about not... Uh, portraying gays as like self-hating and i mean right. yeah it's late, a thing that late exists. homosexuals yes exactly like the bully is the repressed homosexual i think we're kind of over that storyline so but i guess in 2005 this was this was progressive for sure yeah. to like even yeah. have his character make the cut of this movie i mean everybody else was dropping like flies but Bo character <laughs> stayed in somehow so, oh, and apparently Bo and Brooke are like the only characters who did not have to do any reshoots. Like yeah, this is what hey. they filmed two years prior to all the reshoots, and that's that. They never brought them back. I feel like I would feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like at home, like p- pissing their pants, hoping that they made the final cut. Yeah. Oh, that's true. No, I'd be like, man, but like, so they get to like go back to work and like make more money and. Hang out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Before I learned that Ski Ulrich was originally part of the OG cast, yeah. I we get introduced to Joshua Jackson's character, Jake. And um, he, I was like, Ski Ulrich would have been perfect for this role. Yeah. And then I found out that he was 
going to be sort of somewhat that character right. Yeah, I think he didn't want to, I think he dropped out because of the change to the character because this character would literally be Billy Loomis redo. Yeah, which is what the Weinsteins wanted, which is why right. we get this treacherous last uh, scene. It's because they were like, you know what? No, just make it the boyfriend. That is so ridiculous. They had I'm no like, what? imagination. What business do they have as producers? They want the money and they're like, Scream made us money and that's all I care about. And look what they did. They ran this movie right to the fucking ground and lost about $80 million <laughs> in the process. We forgot to mention that um, we're doing the unrated version because that okay. brings us to this next scene because I recently watched the PG-13 version version i'm not gonna lie this is why this movie was fresh in my mind when we needed a last minute um oh yeah filler this is a filler queen episode (laughs) sorry we didn't do poison ivy slash the crush quick bts like behind behind the scenes um what happened was we could not find poison ivy like i could not find it anywhere not even on my bootleg websites so i was like where the fuck is poison ivy where is she i know i watched her before on some streaming service and um so i couldn't find it so i told jake i'm like well i'm gonna watch the crush right now the crush proved to be very offensive. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to approach this subject? So then I was like, I'm uncomfortable kind of doing this movie. And then Jake was like, do you think that we could just make it work and it could be a full thing by itself? I was like, no. Like, fear, it is not. I, we, right. we thought it was going to have like a romantic thriller. Like, no, this is going to be more so a romantic thriller for, for <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, what are we doing? And then, uh, you know, fate landed on Cursed. Cursed. Yeah, which I watched the PG-13 version on HBO Max. Then I was like, oh my God, the unrated version has all this gore and extra shit in it. Right, and we love that. Right, we love that. (laughs) Um, So this car accident scene happens. And honestly, when Chad and Elizabeth is screaming for help, all I can think of is Buffy Gilmore. It's a scary movie. movie. Hope you don't mind if I fake it. Oh, look, I was in a car accident. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. bleeding. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially when we get this added scene that was not in the PG 13 version of her body being slammed to the ground and it's just her torso still fully moving. I wanted her to say, Oh, look, I'm a scary severed body. You got blood all over my Gucci sweater. (laughs) So then she gets like, dragged out and then thrown back out we see her torso and this is fucking bananas absolutely ridiculous b-a-n-a-n-a-s i i understand why they cut it just looking at the rest of the movie and how the rest of the movie goes like this is absolutely ridiculous and feels out of place i know it's so weird and honestly the one of the weirdest things about this whole thing is christina ricci's eyebrows (laughs) oh my god that her eyebrows are as thin as the plot of this movie like (laughs) (laughs) they are so 2000s i was like girl but you know she has a stunning face so why why have eyebrows she didn't have eyebrows in sleepy hollow we all loved her in that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah, th- they sort of did her dirty with these eyebrows. Yeah, I'll um, say. They're very bad. They're they very are. bad. So then, so now we have a dead Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, I feel kind of bad for her in this situation. I mean, she she just got in a random car accident. And, uh, and got eaten by a wolf. <laughs> 
I do, okay, as ridiculous as this is with the thing, I think it is rather shocking to kind of see this ripped torso still moving, sort of zombie-like, and her face is... This, yeah, she looks like a zombie. huge teeth, and her mouth is all wide, and it's pretty scary, especially when she turns over and starts crawling. So it gives us some creepy, like, Tales from the Crypt-like imagery, sure. but um, yeah. it's so camp. But that's, I think, when we learn as an audience that, oh, this is camp, like, full camp. Oh. It was camp. camp. Girl, it was Girl, camp. I had my tent. So then um, they, the police arrive and uh, we get a random cameo by Nick Offerman. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what is he doing I here? I know. That was so weird. I was like, wait. And I was kind of like, he's kind of a daddy. He kind of is. He's kind of hot. Yeah. I think that like, like still, like sometimes like when he, like he played in this, um, whatever. <laughs> 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 what did you think of this werewolf design when it grabbed Miss Brooke? Oh wait, Miss Becky. Miss <laughs> Becky. <laughs> I feel like there were like three different designs of werewolves in this movie. There's like a practical one, a CGI one, and they all look completely different. This one I don't like. I think that the wolf looks cool in other scenes, but in this one, girl, when that puppet grabbed yeah. Miss Shannon's a shoulder it was its nose curled up because it was made out of rubber yes a fucking hand puppet it looked like a fucking hand puppet <laughs> yeah this is not my favorite werewolf design by any means no but it adds to the camp level i feel like all right so let's get into this next section go after having a hard time explaining to the police what kind of creature attacked becky jimmy and ellie return home Zipper becomes frightened of Jimmy and Ellie, avoiding them to the point of biting Jimmy's hand when he gets too close. Jimmy begins to research wolf sightings in LA and stumbles across sites related to werewolves. He starts to believe that the creature on Mulholland Drive was in fact a werewolf. Later, Ellie investigates a strange noise downstairs. She's shocked to find Jake, who apologizes for being distant. They embrace and begin making out, but soon Ellie's face distorts and her teeth become large fangs. She swiftly bites into Jake's neck, ripping out a chunk of flesh. Blood spews into the air. Ellie shakes herself awake. It was only a dream. The next morning, Jimmy wakes up surprised to find himself sleeping in the front yard, completely naked. <laughs> Bat-ass naked. And was this his behind? Because it was uh, it was cute. Nope. That was 100% a stunt double. Yeah, he had a nice little booty. With animal-like skill, he quickly rushes into the house by jumping onto the roof and through his bedroom window. At breakfast, Ellie also proves to have animalistic qualities when she's able to catch a fly with her bare hands. Jimmy and Ellie both eat raw meat from the fridge, seemingly unaware that they're eating it. Jimmy tells her he believes the creature from the crash was a werewolf, and Ellie laughs it off and makes her way to work. Jimmy goes to school where he runs into Brooke and begins helping her with a soda machine. Bo interrupts their conversation once again, giving Jimmy a hard time. He intimidates Jimmy, asking if he'll be trying out for the wrestling team since Jimmy would appreciate male-on-male contact. Jimmy bites back with a quick defense, asking Bo if that's why he's been wrestling captain. Oh! Oh, He says she ain't got no nipples. Meanwhile, Ellie arrives to work at the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. She comes across Kyle, played by Michael Rosenbaum, who seems to maybe have a crush on Ellie and notices she has an injury. 
She also runs into publicist to the stars, Joni, played by Miss Judy motherfucking Greer. Yes, Miss Judy Greer. My Violet. Joni confirms that Ellie is set to conduct a pre-interview with her client, Scott Bayo. Boo! Scott Bayo. Yeah, is anybody else bitch. available? Hello. Yeah. Gross. Anyway, Joni also takes the opportunity to express her concern over Ellie dating Jake, as Jake has a reputation for being a hoe. Joni adds insult to injury when she says she isn't surprised, as Jake typically preys on vulnerable women. Ellie becomes distracted from her work when she tells Kyle she smells something incredibly delicious. She animalistically traces through the office to find what smells so good. Her keen sense of smell leads her to the office break room, where a co-worker tends to a nosebleed. Ellie becomes freaked out by her attraction to the blood. Okay, wait, wait, wait. My first question for you in this section is, is it just in Southern Southern California that all the Jakes are 9021 hoes? Oh my God. <laughs> yes, that is the truth. I can speak from experience. these people are very unaffected by having seen a woman half eaten crawling around yeah like and dying in front of them that they were kind of the cause of the accident i mean not purposefully and then um they're kind of like all right well that was weird (laughs) like i feel like that's the energy could you even sleep after that no i wouldn't that image would be stained (laughs) in my mind forever i'd have to do therapy yeah oh my god but these people (laughs) not a care in the world i always love when that happens in movies and i point it out a lot because it just is funny to me i feel like yeah the and you know would be traumatized you know kevin williamson loves that he loves to traumatize his characters and then later on they're at a party yeah literally exactly like, sort of sulking but still enjoying their drink yeah of course absolutely they can't miss out maybe it'll be good for them that's usually what it is also christina ritchie said she was confused she was like what scene am i filming like is he my boyfriend yeah. or is he the guy that i got into a car accident with or he's my brother what the fuck's going on yeah she's like i'm just confused but um we're gonna make it work where I'm going to show up and I'm going to say these lines because uh, I need that check. I need that check. Yeah, seriously. Because what was she in after this? Lifetime's Lizzie Borden? Oh my God, yeah. For like three seasons and a movie. And and then she played Zelda Fitzgerald on an Amazon Prime show. Oh. Zelda. It only lasted one season. So. Okay. Um, She can't catch a break, that Christina. (laughs) I think what needs to happen is she needs to come back for like a Adam's Family reboot. Maybe she can play Morticia in the live-action Netflix series Wednesday. Right. Wouldn't that be great? That'd that be fucking, be br- like, brilliant. Jenna that Ortega brilliant. has already been cast as Wednesday, so that role is filled. But, um... Oh, in, in your fan casting or in the real world? No, in real life, Jenna Ortega's playing Wednesday. What? Yeah. You're lying to me. No, I'm not lying. That was announced, like, what? weeks ago. Oh, my God! Uh, she is a whore queen. Yes! Scream queen. Uh, Yes, literally. I think I saw it on Contodo Netflix Ooh. that um, she's going to be Wednesday. I love it. I know. So why not cast Christina as um, Morticia? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yes. All right. So then um, this is when this movie becomes a full on fucking superhero Spider-Man movie because all of a sudden like <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> starts like realizing his powers and it's all like reminiscent of like a superhero finding his power and you know taking on the bully 
Like, I was like, what the... F- I've seen this before. Yes. It was very um, Spider-Man. But also a little bit of Spider-Man 3 when he turns all emo because fucking Jesse Eisenberg's hair all of a sudden turns into this full shag because that's what cool boys wear. That motherfucking wig looked like it belonged on the <laughs> mask of Michael Myers in Halloween, the curse <laughs> of Michael Myers. I feel like they threw that wig at the windshield and that's what cracked it when they were filming the car crash scene. It wasn't an animal. (laughs) It wasn't a werewolf. It was the wig. It was that fucking stiff ass (laughs) wig. (laughs) Yes. So um, Ellie has a dream that Jake is in her home and she bites his neck. And this is very much so, I feel, a tribute to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because that blood gush yeah. coming out of his neck Ridiculous. was so Johnny Depp and uh, oh Nightmare yeah, Street. yeah, just an explosion like, like if you, yeah, your toilet's backed up and just explodes, but out of your neck. <laughs> but I <It> do, so- <laughs> <laughs> but I do like, um, I do like this imagery too. Like I think that nightmarish surrealism sort of death becomes her is, um, yeah. it's kind of cool and it's kind of refreshing to see like in a modern movie. So I actually liked it. I appreciate these. Uh, was this added or was this in the original? This is the unrated in the other one. Her face turns and then it cuts to her waking up. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah no, this is a full-on chunk with, yeah, blood. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. This is rated R. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. This is fully rated R. <laughs> she also catches a fly with her bare hands. You know how you always do vampire rules for our vampire movies? Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. I, wo- I wrote down some werewolf rules for this movie. Oh my god, that's brilliant. So far, they have fast reflexes. Mm-hmm. Um, a bite or a scratch can pass on the ability to transform like a okay. vampire, yeah. essentially. Sure. And then um, they have increased sex appeal. They have the ability to sniff out <laughs> blood also. So it's like, that's what we have so oh, far. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, okay. That's pretty standard werewolf rules. And I think right. that because this movie is like slightly being meta, you know, there's like yeah. this club and they reference the wolf man. Like the wolf man exists in, in this, this universe. universe. Yes. You know, so I so I feel like they do honor the traditional werewolf rules. Like they're not like trying to make up, you know, new ones. Yeah. You know, because I think it cuz I think it is a bit of an homage to like the Wolfman and uh like an American werewolf in London. Totally. Silver Bullet, The Howling. Right. Are we at, we're at the point where he's like trying to convince her, right? Like he's like I'm a werewolf. Not yet. You cannot remember Bitch, this I'm, movie. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I have this weird thing with this movie where I do not remember it. It's okay. I just watched it. It's okay. A lot of people forgot that Craig Kilborn was once the host of The Late Late Show. Oh, yeah. Before um, Craig Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, because by the time this movie came out, it was Craig Ferguson because it took so fucking long to make this movie. Oh, my God. I know. This movie took like, they said two years. Two, two years, years to film. Years. Judy Greer said she didn't even know what was going on. That she was just showing up to shed. Yeah. Set a shed. <laughs> she was just show, <laughs> showing up to take a shit. <laughs> she, did you notice that Judy Greer is playing the same character she plays in 13 going on 30? Literally, in everything she does. She's played the same part for a long time. And it's only until recently that she got to play um, something else. And so I love that for her. Okay. Who else could have played the cameo instead of Scott Baio? Literally anybody else in that. I would have preferred, if we were going to do 70s TV stars, I would have preferred to see like Barry Williamson or whatever his name 
is. The one that plays Greg. Who's that? Greg and Brady Bunch. Oh, or oh that's a good Peter, one. Peter, Christopher McKnight. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, my Fair Brady, for sure. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Reprising his role. Oh my God, my, Michael J. Fox would have been... Oh. Is Michael J. Fox dead? No, he's not. No, he just has Parkinson's. Oh, that's right. I honestly didn't remember if he was alive or not. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just somebody else. Like, this is not doing it for me. I'm like, Scott Bale. And yeah, it could have been anybody. Okay, he intentionally was supposed to be another werewolf, like Joni's protege. Like, she gets him infected. But I was like, they, they, for, they cut that out. And so, like, he's in this movie throughout but you're like why yeah i don't know yeah he has no purpose once his character like had no storyline anymore they just were like whatever it'll just be a scott bayo cameo whatever (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so then um we have yeah more abilities showing up with like ellie she can like smell blood yeah. Who? Okay, this coworker with the nosebleed. What else is she in? Is she the reporter that's standing next to Gail in Scream Four? Oh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I've seen this bitch before. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she's in Scream Four. Scream Four or two. Four. When um. That- yeah. When she grabs a pen and throws it out of her hand. No. Doesn't she do that? That's Gail story. Oh, you didn't even mention when we were talking about them being at school, what that school is from. Oh, duh. Oh, my God. I saw it immediately and I was like, oh, my God, this is Sunnydale High from Buffy. Yes. I was like, yes. oh, I know, I know the fucking sort of Spanish architecture anywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I thought it was Rancho Carne High School in Bring It On. Turns out it's not. No, but it's also the school from 90210. And she's all that. Wait, okay, back to back to what I said about Ski Ulrich would have been better as the role of Jake. Doesn't Joshua Jackson just sort of lack, like, charisma or something? He, I mean, he's a very good actor. I think in this he lacks a uh, little, like, bat. He lacks the bad boy thing. I don't buy him as, like, a serial cheater. Yeah, I'm not feeling the player vibe from him. Yeah, no, he doesn't look like he'd be capable of, like... I don't know, disrespecting his woman. Yeah, I think they, they tried to. They gave him some uh, some scruff to make him look a little more bad boy. But, edgy. Yeah, but it's like, give me a break. Who do you think would have been better in this, if not Skeet Ulrich? Uh, let me see. Who do I think would play that? I mean, I, Skeet, um, I could see, uh, ooh, a J- like, James Marsden. Oh, yes. Like, kind of like a douchey, but hot. Like, he's, he's good. He's totally at, the lady's he, choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's that guy from, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that would have been great, actually. Like, yeah. <gasps> Chad Michael Murray. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, for sure. Right? For this. Like, at this time, like, he was, like, super... 2005. Like, yeah. yeah, totally. He's so hot. Yeah, totally. Do we move on? Yeah. Um, I, say something else. I was nothing podcast related, but have you? Do you know Daria, the show Daria? Yeah, we fucking talk like the fucking fashion club. You know how they talk like this, like the character of Sandy. She talks, and so we're always like, and there's like a character named State, uh, no, Courtney. She's like the Asian one, and, and she talks like this. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm really like, <laughs> Whenever I hear them, I'm like, oh my God, they literally sound like me and Frankie. 
Okay. Later that night, Ellie attends a PETA event where she will conduct the pre-interview with Scott Bayo. Ellie is surprised to run into Jake when she arrives, as he told her he'd be laying low for a few days. Jake confesses that in his past, if his relationship got too serious, he would always run away, but he wants things to be different with Ellie because he doesn't want to lose her. That reminds me, are you, have you been keeping up with The Hills New Beginnings? Uh, I think I have one or two more episodes, but yeah. This is totally Justin Bobby. Oh, for sure. But goddamn, he is Fuck, so hot. he's gorgeous. He is gorgeous. So hot. Literally so hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the story. See, this is forgettable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't even remember what you just read. <laughs> Me either. Um, okay. He also hints at some other issues he may have faced in his past. Just as Ellie gives into his charm, Jenny interrupts by reintroducing herself to Jake. Jenny is then quickly interrupted by Joni, who takes Ellie away for the pre-interview with Scott Bayo. Ellie walks away disappointed with Jake. With Joni and J- <laughs> Jelly? <laughs> With peanut butter and jelly out of the way. (laughs) Jenny begins flirting with Jake. Ellie meets a sleazy version of Scott Baio. As the full moon lingers overhead, Ellie seems to be overwhelmed by it. Scott Baio becomes enchanted by Ellie's beauty. He flirts with her and touches her leg uninvitedly, which, yes, is a word. Ellie watches as more girls approach Jake in the distance. She makes a quick exit, but Jake chases after her. Jenny, also making her way out of the party, warns Ellie to be careful with Jake as he's trouble. Ellie tells Jake she's gonna lay low for a few days and leaves him upset. Jenny makes her way to her car in a parking garage. She begins hearing strange noises and notices weird footprints on the ground. Suddenly, Jenny is thrown across a few cars by a beastly werewolf. She makes a run for the elevator. She makes it, but not before the wolf damages the elevator doors, stopping it in between two floors. Suddenly, the beast abruptly attacks Jenny, lunging through the elevator doors. Cut to black, as Jenny screams in terror, we hear sounds of her flesh tearing and bones breaking. Zella's prediction of Becky and Jenny has come true. Mm-hmm, exactly. I bet they wish they would have listened. So does Jenny not know about Becky yet? I thought you were best friends and you don't know that your best friend has literally fucking died. Has been murdered. Like murdered, like it was all over the news. I guess they, they must not talk every day. They're like those friends that like don't talk for like six months at a time. Right. Until, you know, but it's like they picked up like no time has passed. I felt like when this scene started at the PETA party, um, first of all, I thought that was really clever to like involve PETA with like a werewolf movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that when that Freaks Come Out at Night was playing in the background, I was like, is this Scooby-Doo? Freaks Come Out at Night. Yeah, that's Freaks Come Out at Night. That's also around the time that that song by Solange comes on. Oh my god. Oh my. Just thinking about you. Oh, where are you? Because I got some things to do now. Oh my god. <laughs> Solange brings you Scooby Doo. Where are you? Yeah, so we got PETA, uh, the PETA party. I can't even speak. The PETA party. <laughs> so we got the PETA party. I can't even say it. We got the PETA party going on. Um, yeah, so we meet Jenny again, um, and she's dressed so cute. Maya's dressed as this like little 
little cheetah, little kitty. Oh, she looks fantastic. Super cute. And she's like Super over cute. here stirring up trouble. She literally steps in front of Ellie's face. Like she doesn't yeah. give a fuck. We, we, we kind of skipped over it, but like Ellie and Jake have this like moment earlier where he's like, I need some space. I'm like being distant. And so now she sees him at this party and she's like, you motherfucker, you said you wanted space. So I'm going to give you space. So they're having this like serious conversation. And then Miss Jenny just butts her way in to, uh, to, you know, start some drama. Hi, Jake. Remember me? I'm Jenny. Becky Morton's friend. (laughs) I honestly, I think that her chasing in the parking garage is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Uh, What I really love is like the sound and just the angle at which Wes, my friend Wes, um, (laughs) uh, the angle that he filmed this. It's this one shot where... Maya is running toward the camera and she's like screaming so her voice like crescendos as she screams oh and my God. down toward the camera and you can see the wolf hopping on the car tops in the distance oh yeah sort of like Krumpus like I love yeah. that sequence too it totally. was like that and she's like running and just the way it looks like her running and the werewolf running behind her it looks really yeah. dope I like this what do you think is the stronger Wes Craven parking garage scene Jenny and Cursed or Alison Brie's character in Scream 4. I, <laughs> I definitely think there was more suspense than Scream in Scream 4. Yeah. But I just, I really, I, I actually like this one better. Really? It's the same scene. I can't tell. The it's the same scene. The alarm goes off. That's all. That's a jump scare there. I, it's like, I think Maya t- sells it for me. And, and it's like the nails, the nails scratching the car and like, you know. For sure her being thrown and just the way it looks this took three days to film dang she's probably exhausted but originally this is the scene that mandy moore this was going to be the opening to curse which honestly would have been a way stronger opening than the one we got somebody needs to release that i need to see mandy moore do this i know let's see if it was any better it probably wasn't though i doubt it i think i actually think maya did a great job and they cut out like the final i sent you that picture of her Oh my <laughs> in the God. Fangoria magazine it was um, the shot that they were actually going to show of Jenny's ripped up body and even in the unrated version I was hoping for that shot but no you don't get it no she's like cross eyed smiling limbs kind of strewn about um, mm, she has an arm behind her <laughs> yeah yes and so um, yeah it's very gory but uh, it, it would have been cool to see it but no we just hear her bones munching in the background <laughs> Music of, music of the night. <laughs> Jimmy does more research on werewolves, discovering the mark of the beast is appearing on his palm in the shape of a pentagram. He reads that the only way to kill a werewolf is to separate the brain from the heart. Is that a new rule? That's a new rule, girl. That's a new rule. That, And I've never heard this one before, but I guess the, anything would die with its head separated from its heart. Yeah, absolutely. That's just science, for sure. <laughs> However, he is attracted to the idea of increased strength heightened senses, and an unnatural sexual allure from that wig. Ellie tries to prove him wrong, but she too has the mark of the beast on her palm. She tries to tell Jimmy he's making this up because their car accident has triggered bad memories of losing their parents. To further debunk Jimmy's suspicion, Ellie shows him a sterling silver picture frame, saying if she touches it, it should be very painful. So she grabs the picture frame, but nothing happens. The next day, Jimmy and Ellie appear perky and more attractive. <laughs> Ellie arrives. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, she's wearing color. They put her in that awful pink blouse. Peasant top. Oh my God. It's horrendous. And this wig that they put on yeah. Jesse, honestly, he looked much cuter with curly hair. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this hair looks a mess. And honestly, I will say the one thing they did improve in the scene was her hair. Oh, yeah. It had bounce to it. The, her hair changes between shots. Oh, my God. You can tell where the reshoots were for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so Ellie, Ellie arrives, arrives at work where a bunch of fortune tellers <laughs> wait to audition for a spot on the show, including Zella. When Zella sees Ellie, she quickly runs up to her, telling her she's in danger, girl. Zella reveals that she is a real psychic and tells Ellie she has the mark of the beast when she sees the pentagram on her hand. Zella tells Ellie that in order to break the curse, she must kill the beast who infected her. She warns Ellie that the beast is closer to her than she thinks. Kyle interrupts and shoes Zella away. At school, Jimmy shows off his new strength when he shows up to the wrestling tryouts. Jimmy flirts with Brooke once again, and Bo tries to intimidate him by challenging him to try out for the team. The wrestling coach puts Jimmy against one of Bo's minions. Jimmy ultimately wins the match. Jimmy then wrestles Bo. Jimmy wins, slamming Bo to the ground as everyone cheers him on. You know what the best part about being a fairy is? You get to fly. Burn! Oh my god. I literally laughed out loud. I was like, that might be one of the worst uh, pieces of dialogue ever written. Yeah. You know, I actually think it's done wonders for the gay community. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I feel seen. Yeah, you hear this on everything. Drag Race, Legendary. (laughs) This is a quote that... um, has really standed the test of time. Literally. Like, gay rights were in full motion. Back at work, Ellie gets Craig Kilborn ready for his show. He cuts his finger while getting ready, and Ellie sucks the blood off. She likes the taste, but begins to feel weird. She rushes off to the bathroom, running into a stall. Her co-worker asks Ellie if she's okay and makes her way to the stall to check on her. Ellie tells her to go away, but when the co-worker opens the stall door, Ellie stops the door, bending the metal and causing her fingers to bleed. Ellie yells at her co-worker to get out. Ellie's face is monstrously distorted. Her co-worker runs out of the bathroom, frightened. Okay, bitch, we have some new werewolf rules. So the Mark of the Beast is a pentagram that appears on the palm of your hand. And then in order to kill a werewolf, um, you have to separate the brain from the heart. And they're also like painfully allergic to silver and then another thing is that i think and i could be wrong but i think when you drink blood that's when you transform into a werewolf because later but that doesn't make sense in the pg-13 version only makes sense in the unrated version because um, later on in our version the unrated one Joni drinks the blood of Kyle and then she transforms. Oh. But in the PG-13 version, she doesn't drink Kyle's blood, so that doesn't make sense. So it's kind of a rule, but not. Wow. They, wow, they really shit the bed with this one. They did. Yeah, so here we go. Here's what I've been waiting for. Our Spider-Man 3 moment. This is um, Jimmy walking into school like he is somebody. Okay, he thinks he's fucking Jennifer Check. And he <laughs> walks in and uh, Bo, again, hurling those heavy-handed <laughs> gay insults. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, well, why don't you try out for the, for the team, bro? <laughs> and then so he's like, great. And for some reason, the fucking gym teacher tolerates all of this. Yeah. Okay. It's ridiculous. 
Why not? All right, I'm gonna put you against this guy first, and this like he's not even on the team. Like, shouldn't he have to like sign a waiver? What if he gets hurt? Yeah, that's gonna be on the gym teacher. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. So then, yeah, they have this uh, this moment where uh, you know he wins. I already told you that epically beautiful uh, poetic quote. Um, that's the best part about being a fairy. You get to fly. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, I don't know how Kevin Williamson didn't win an Oscar for best original screenplay. <laughs> the dialogue is unmatched. Yeah, absolutely. So before this all happens, we have, uh, you know, more between Jimmy and Ellie where he's like trying to convince her that yeah. she is a werewolf and she's not buying it. I think she's like, she's just trying to not deal with that. She's a lot going on in her life. And she's like, this is, like, too much for me. And she's like, look, yeah. this is what I'm going to show you. Like, here's a sterling silver picture frame. From right? Tiffany's. From Tiffany's. So she grabs it, and nothing happens. And he's like, all right, that's it. Um, you, you must be right. Um, he just lets her, yeah. Which is, she goes on her merry way, but he still feels, like, fully is He's convinced. like... <laughs> I don't care what this bitch says. I'm a werewolf. And then over at Ellie's work, um, we have... The Return of Zella. Auditioning to play, like, these, like, gypsy... Girl. <laughs> have, she... A random audition for gypsies. Yeah, which, they were, I was like, not gypsies. Um, they... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but when um, Zayla confronts Ellie, she's like, look, I'm the real thing. She pulls off her wig, and honestly, it looked the same underneath. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it definitely was not necessary for her to wear that wig. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because she's in this movie for like literally less than two minutes. And yeah, I feel... This is her final scene. This is her. La- this is the last time we, seen, we see Zella. You know what would be cool though is if they did sort of take on... Like Zella seems to be aware that there are werewolves and things. So I was like, what did she grow up with in this version of Hollywood that like... Yeah, like what is Zella's backstory? Like the walking dead of Beverly Hills, you know, like... Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good idea. To me, this exists in the same universe as Death Becomes Her. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, just a world, an an LA world where anything is possible. And honestly, Portia de Rossi gives a very convincing performance. Like, I think she is just delivering these lines like she is Zella. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, she is a great comedic actress. We know that from Arrested Development. Um, yeah, she's like fully committed to this character and she doesn't get a lot of screen time, but I, you know, it's nice to see she makes the most of it doing her thing. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Then she sucks, um, Craig Kilborn's dick. No, I'm just kidding. His finger. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Honestly, I I had no idea who Craig Kilborn was. I thought this was a fictional show. Nope. This is a real show. This is like, again, like a, a meta attempt, you know, like these things really exist. These people... That's always so weird to me. Yeah, because this is very of the times. But I like it. I think it's a, it's cute. Yeah, and Craig these Kilborn. scenes must be from the OG version too, because in between the first shoot of Curse and the last shoot of Curse, they did change hosts from Craig to Craig. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. But I was like, Bleh. I would never suck on someone's finger, especially to get the blood Ew, out. It, oh my god, it's so fucking gross. What did you think about the um, Ellie's face? Um, in between, like, she, like oh. the werewolf is sort of coming out of her, but... Oh, my God. I was like... <laughs> she looked more like a fucking demonic baby than she did a werewolf. <laughs> her little cherub like, face. Yeah, her little cherub face and those big-ass eyes. I was like, what is this supposed to be? That's supposed to be a werewolf? Where? 
werewolf. Oh, also another werewolf rule was just a craving for raw meat. Like they keep eating these raw things. And I'm like, I ew. Ew, tar- that's called um tartar. What? Like if you eat something like tartar, it's like raw, like beef tartar. It's like raw ground beef. And people eat that like rich people do. Ew. It's like, a, it's like a delicacy. It's like what you eat if you're like caviar and fucking beef tartare. I think I had a bite once and I was like, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> that, and that's the day you turn vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Should we move on? Yeah, we're plowing through. Is this episode a mess? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy arrives at Tinsel just before its opening night and confides in Jake about possibly being cursed by a werewolf. Jake tries to calm him down, but Jimmy storms out. Later, Jimmy prepares a meal for himself, a raw steak, steak tartare. While in the kitchen, he grabs a silver cake server. It burns his hand. He then realizes the picture frame Ellie said was silver is actually stainless steel. I think I saw a Marshall's tag on there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is pure silver coated. His discovery is interrupted when Bo shows up to his house. Bo confides that he is gay uh, while uh, the Dewey and Gale love song plays in the background. (laughs) Oh, wait, what is that? It's like, I'm like, oh, I didn't know we were in the wild, wild west. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They always do sound like they're in the fucking wild west. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So Bo confides that he's gay and has only been picking on Jimmy because he's attracted to him. Oh, God. Miss Milo is attracted to (laughs) Miss Jesse. I don't think so. Yeah. Give me a break. In what world? In what world are you living in? Okay, so then... <laughs> Jimmy tells Bo he only appears attractive because he's a werewolf. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This <laughs> Because I have unnatural sexual allure. Yeah, he cuts Bo off and he rushes back into the house. Zipper has taken Jimmy's steak tartare. He finds Zipper under the kitchen table, and when he reaches for him, Zipper attacks. Zipper's face changes, becoming wolf-like. He then turns into the Tasmanian devil. (laughs) (laughs) He then turns into one of the fucking wolves from Twilight. Jimmy runs out of the front door, where he finds Bo is still there. Zipper is seen through the door window, gnashing and gnarling to get to Jimmy. They take off in Bo's car, just as Zipper crashes through the window into the street. Jimmy explains to Bo he was telling the truth about being a werewolf, and Zipper is a werewolf too, because he bit Jimmy the night he became cursed. Jimmy asks Bo to take him to Tinsel so he can warn Ellie. Still at work, Ellie sees the news broadcast of Jenny and Becky being torn to pieces, literally, in the news broadcast. <laughs> yeah. They're like, two women <laughs> torn to pieces. Yeah, um, don't panic, everybody. Yeah, it's by a wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie starts to believe in the curse. She decides to skip the tinsel opening and go home to Jimmy instead. She rushes off to her car, and as she gets in, Jake approaches her. She tells him that she knows he knew both Becky and Jenny, and now they're both dead. Jake says he can explain, and as he raises his hand to the window of the car, the mark of the beast is seen on his hand. Ellie panics, attempting to drive off, but Jake breaks her window and takes the keys from the ignition. He gives her the keys back and apologizes, saying a werewolf did attack Becky and Jenny, and he is aware that Ellie is also becoming a werewolf. Ellie stabs Jake with her keys and drives off. Ooh, all right. So yeah, this whole section, honestly, the biggest, most action-packed scene is this wolf, this dog wolf moment. That's a new-ass rule. 
Yeah, dogs can become dog, werewolves. This is a rule, yeah, that I wrote down. Dogs can transform as well, as long as you scratch or bite another cursed person. What about a cat? Do you think there's gonna be person. a cat werewolf? Ooh, that would have been super. Okay, that's my problem with this scene is that I think this is a really cool idea to introduce into this genre. Like, okay, also animals can transform into wolf beasts. Uh, yeah, thing. I think that they really missed out on the opportunity with all this fucking CGI and natural looking bullshit to really create a cool movie monster out of the wolf human golden retriever (laughs) like mashup that would have been a really cool concept if it were like practically made i think that would have been great totally this is also weird about this moment is like we are now just uh, expected to be on bo's side through this whole and we're like oh we're like oh my god bo he's like he was only doing it because he was like also gay even though yeah. Jimmy's not gay but he was like just hiding it and then this this wolf dog attack happens and he's like part of the good guys now and he has the you know he's the hero, hero music playing yeah a hero music playing behind him I'm like wait a minute this character was such a piece of shit and caused this kid so much trauma and uh Jake he's on a road to recovery he's learning to okay. love himself alright you're right you're right so I'll we, we'll just accept it. We love yeah. Bo. Welcome to the fam. Sis. But I will say <laughs> that, like, this is a fantasy of mine. We're like, the like, hottest guy in school likes me, little gay Oh my god. Me. Especially if he looks like this. I know, but imagine being Jimmy, who's not gay. He's like, oh, bruh. <laughs> yeah, but who would be able to turn down Bo? Oh, not I. Not, not I. With that ca- not with the, that cake. Ooh, We've girl, all seen them it. thighs. Mm. And thick thighs. Ooh, no. Yes. And that and that little like half mouth talking thing he does. Yeah, he's so hot. Yeah. Jimmy and Bo are now on a quest to find Ellie. So they go to the club, right? The club opening. Which, first of all, how do they get into the club opening? They are minors because they snuck in behind Lance Bass's entourage. Oh my God, fucking Lance Bass! Speaking of gay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my I think, god. I feel like Kevin Williamson wrote him into the movie just so he could meet him. What do you think? Wait, was Lance Bass out by this time? I don't think so. That's that way he has an entourage of sexy ladies walking into with the fucking club yes. with him. Yeah, oh my god. I'm like, oh my god, these are his best girlfriends. Some are drag queens. I love it. Where yeah. my girls at? From the front to back. Man, was you feeling that? Put my hand up. Can you repeat that? Trying to take my man. Bitch, I don't need that. Put my hand up. Oh my god, I love that song. Ellie tries to leave. She's like trying, and then she has a moment with Jake, where which to me is also very scream. Like this is when Billy yeah. shows up conveniently after the killer disappears and his cell phone drops. Like, exactly, this to me is that moment. Right, exactly. And this also doesn't really make sense. You could tell this was in like the what's called the B draft of the film, where it was most of the movie that we've seen now. But just with a completely different ending. So I don't think that he was going to be as villainous as they made him. So like this is like this all feels like genuine reaction. He's like genuinely trying to apologize to her. He doesn't come across as like being sinister in the scene. But it looks like she's she's just freaked out because she sees the uh, pentagram on his palm that is conveniently there that she's never seen before. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think this connects well with the Jake we get later in the no, movie. No, it doesn't. Yeah, because that's that ending that is in this movie is totally added. Like, Jake was going to be a good guy. He really wanted to yeah. turn his life around and seriously date Ellie and 
didn't want her to be cursed by a werewolf. And I think the original ending, like Joni was the killer. And then he sacrifices himself because he, he knows yeah. that uh, in order to save her, he has to die. And so there's like a... Yeah, it was poetic. It was like poetic and dark. And so yeah, so I think he's like really genuine here. So that when he kind of turns, it's like, wait, what? They watched the um, final edit and the wine scene said, make the boyfriend the killer. And yeah. that, so they added an ending that makes no sense whatsoever with the rest of the film. And so this is ruined. All right, do you know what? Let's finish this shit up. Jimmy, Jimmy calls, calls Ellie and tells, and tells her that, that he has that tinsel and he and Bo sneak in behind Lance Bass and his entourage. See? Told you. Already covered it, Gray. <laughs> Ellie tells him that the werewolf is Jake. As they hang up, Jake rushes up to Jimmy looking for Ellie, but Jimmy runs off when Joni interrupts them. Bo and Jimmy hide in the club's maze of mirrors. Ellie arrives and also enters the maze looking for Jimmy. This scene is absolutely bonkers. Like, this is so unnecessary. They're like in this hall of mirrors where they're like trying to listen to each other and Jake's like whispering and it's echoing and and it's just oh like God. why is this necessary? They just wanted to add this element of a maze of mirrors. Ma- maze of mirrors suspense. It's like what the fuck for? Like is this like a callback to something? Like it's just so weird. It's like unnecessary suspense. Like I I'm looking for my brother. I know. Let me go in the maze of mirrors. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then what? and then yeah, Jake's just like whispering things that are echoing through the halls like Ellie. Yeah. So Ellie arrives and also enters the maze looking for Jimmy. Then Jake enters the maze finding Ellie. He explains that he was born with the curse and he has learned to live with it, but he's not the one who killed Becky and Jenny. He tells Ellie he loves her and just as he does, the werewolf crashes through the mirrors, lunging after them. It knocks Jimmy out of the way and begins chasing Ellie. The werewolf spots Bo and Jimmy and attacks Bo. The werewolf breaks out of the maze into the crowd of club goers. People are thrown left and right by the wolf and everyone makes their way out of the club. The gate to the entrance is closed, locking Ellie, Jimmy, and Kyle inside. Kyle is quickly attacked by the werewolf while Ellie and Jimmy run off. They are soon attacked by Joni, revealing herself to be the werewolf. Joni explains she developed the curse after having sex with Jake. She killed Becky and Jenny because if she can't have him, no one can. Jimmy and Ellie fight Joni as they run off to hide. Joni runs into Jake. He learns for the first time that she is a werewolf. She lets him know her master plan is to eliminate the competition to get him. Jake says in order to kill Ellie, she will have to kill him first. Joni, overcome with jealousy, knocks him out and then continues looking for Ellie. She drinks Kyle's blood, which returns her to her werewolf form. She fights Ellie and Jimmy once again. The police arrive and shoot Joni in the head, killing her. Later, the police are shocked to discover Joni back in human form, shot in the head. Jimmy runs to find Bo, who is still alive. However, Jake has disappeared. Ellie and Jimmy return home, their house destroyed by Zipper. Jake arrives. He reveals that he did, in fact, bite Ellie and Jimmy because it is the only way he and Ellie can be together. He tells her he can teach her how to live with the curse, but in order to live happily ever after, we'll need to kill Jimmy. Ellie refuses and the two fight it out. Jake dominates the fight until Jimmy joins in, biting Jake, distracting him long enough for Ellie to stab him with the silver cake server, badly injuring him. Ellie decapitates Jake with a shovel, breaking the curse on her and Jimmy. Brooke shows up with Bo, having found Zipper roaming the streets. Bo and Jimmy are now friends. Jimmy kisses Brooke and 
walks her home with Bo. Ellie goes to clean up the mess that is their house. The end. Oh my God. Oh my God. So this is when our movie takes off to from zero to a hundred. Uh, we have that Hall of Mirrors moment that we just talked about, which is already ridiculous. And then uh, we get the reveal of the werewolf when it comes through the wall and uh, starts fucking shit up in that <laughs> in this club. I know. But you know what? Before that, we learned that Jake was born a werewolf. So, like, this oh, yeah. is a new rule, too. Like, if you're a werewolf, you give birth to a werewolf. I mean, that's just, like, that makes sense, right? Does it? No. I mean, nothing in this movie makes sense. But, I mean, okay, sure. Did you spy that Elvira, like, bust? Like, they didn't oh, show yeah. the head, but they did should. You, did you see the fucking share? wax figure i was like that looks straight up like chad michaels it was chad michaels <laughs> yeah literally no it was no it wasn't I'm just- <laughs> oh my you're so dumb i was like wait i thought it was i was like i thought it was not even real because it wasn't and you're a lying ass bitch. it's not real some of these look really good like the whoopee one but they do whoopee hella dirty like her straight up falls and breaks her head comes off <laughs> I was like, not Whoopi. Whoopi. I know. And then, who is this trio of women? They have like Diana Ross. I know. There's like what that few that I was like, like who are they? Who are they? I think I think Joni when she comes out in that purple cloak, the the wax figure they show wearing it beforehand, I think is Celine Dion. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, I was like, what is this top that she's wearing with these like fucking winged sleeves? <laughs> like, it must just... be a Celine Dion um, outfit. <laughs> yeah, she's like. Fucking all these people up in a Celine Dion costume. That's really <laughs> funny. I will say the comedy comes through there. I think it does come through here a lot in many ways. Um, Joni doesn't seem like a prominent character enough to be the killer in this. I mean, right. she's feisty, she's sassy, but I know it seems a little out of left field. But you know, I think Judy Greer sort of eats this role up. No pun intended. I think she, I think she kills it and she does it she well. Does. But the character itself is like, wait, what? I feel like this is the same move yeah. that Sorority Row made, where they yes. like have the killer before the actual killer, and the killer is like, wait, what? Oh, this is like not even related to anything. And so we have we have Joni. She's like in love with Jake, and she's like, all right, I'm gonna kill everybody so I can he can be my man's. Like, what do you right. think about that? What do you think about the little motive for her? I mean, she's a little cheap, I guess. But I would have. I mean, in these days, it would have been more interesting had she, like, gotten the gift from this guy and then killed him and killed a bunch yeah. of her other ex-boyfriends. But um, that would be in today's terms. But otherwise, like, I don't know. I kind of thought it would be more thrilling had it turned out to be Ellie. Oh, yeah. That would <laughs> be a good one. Like, it was her the whole time. Like, they, we've already established that they don't really understand when they've become werewolves or, like, what happens when Jesse yeah. or Jimmy wakes up in the bushes. So it's like, what if like she was just being overcome by Ooh, rage yeah. and werewolf and she just killed anybody who stood in her way? Yeah, totally. Except for how would she have killed um, Becky? Um, she would have found out that <laughs> it was that that bitch was dating her man. But how when she watches her kill, she watches Becky get dragged away. Oh, <laughs> well, no, after she gets cursed. Okay. All right. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Whatever. it's fine the way it is. I guess, yeah. So then, um, yeah, they have a huge knockout fight. One of the things you should add to the werewolf list is that um, that they know kung fu. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and they can throw up the middle finger. 
which I yeah. think is the most probably iconic image in this movie, like the werewolf right. giving the finger. Right. No. Yeah, that was actually supposed to be meant for the audience of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> because this is a huge fuck you to the audience. Got your money from start to finish. Thanks. Yeah. For, thanks, for, thanks for buying. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for paying ten dollars and twenty five cents to watch this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got your money. Love the Weinsteins. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, then she, uh, they, they end up defeating Joni. She gets lit up by the cops. Wait, um, did you did you clock the when they did obviously a ratio when Christina rolls under the gate as it's closing and she pops up and she's wearing like a wig oh yeah her wig like, girl god this poor movie i know some people like michael rosenbaum he's not even credited in this he was no, like i'd be take like my take name, my name off the fuck out of there yeah no we haven't even mentioned him because his character is whatever he does eat it here um but this is a nice little reunion of uh joshua jackson and michael rosenbaum from urban legend yeah i especially like when Joni drinks his character's blood and then she kicks his body and it flies across oh, the yeah. <laughs> she has some great moments in here she really does it's like she kind really of does. like an iconic little meltdown moment yeah here. and you also notice is that <laughs> ellie gets thrown into a wall or thrown onto her back maybe about 20 times this entire movie that girl is gonna have so many fucking back problems for <laughs> ellie i do you think this is her voice when she started transforming it's the same voice they use when fucking scrappy dude turns into <laughs> The big yeah. ass monster. No, this literally looks like when you, they would transform into monsters in Scooby Doo. Like the yeah. transformation looks just like that. Yeah, it does. I it like when does. she goes, "Ow, where are you, you bitch?" <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, this is so ridiculous. Christina Ricci or her Ellie says that Joni has fat thighs, a bony ass, fat thighs, and bad skin. <laughs> flips her off yeah <laughs> i was like not nah, cool in the pg-13 version after Joni gets shot in the head when they later reveal the where you know like that it's Joni and not a big wolf-like creature she's yeah. laying on her side no blood but naked <laughs> i was yeah. like this is stupid but in the unrated version we see her full brains blown out oh yeah we do it's pretty gruesome too yeah the the headshot is nasty like when they first shoot it and all the brains come out it's like a big pile of poop (laughs) yeah it is and so then uh they find guess who's alive Bo. which do you know what i think this has a connection to scary movie for scream four because i guess you do have to be gay to survive (gasps) you're right that's how robbie knew that he was referencing his own movie yeah wow way to follow through this all exists in the. i thought bo could have been turned into a werewolf later and killed jimmy that would have been kind of cool that'd be kind of hot i want to see him get naked (laughs) <laughs> um, this added ending is dumb as fuck Yeah and also Jimmy's hair is back to pre-wig Thank god it fell off in the club <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Like a scab <laughs> It fell off <laughs> So <laughs> Then we get this intro- reintroduction of Jake Who's like I want I It's been me all along Honestly I just want us to be together This is the only way we can be together This I is the like- exact same plot as Sorority Row This is like I, If I if, I want us to be together, so everybody has to die, including your brother, so let's go kill him together. And she's like, no! And so they have a another kung fu battle, and then Ellie just full-on 
decapitates him with a shovel. And then this is another new rule. Like when the head is separated, it, the body can combust into flames. I know. And it's so epic. They they treat this like this is the most epic moment that ever was filmed. This is not earned. This sweeping score. I was like, oh my God, the house is going to burn down. It's going to be insane. And then all of a sudden, the, then the fire goes out. <laughs> I was like, oh. There was a new werewolf rule where they can fully climb on walls and ceilings. I'm telling you, this is Spider-Man. This movie is Spider-Man meets... The Wolfman. Spider-Man meets the Wolfman meets Sorority Row. Oh, we get kind of a killer clowns ending here where it's like... Jenny oh my god, I know. goes on a walk with Brooke and then Bo, he invites Bo too. They fully had a threesome. Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, totally. I think that scene is so awkward because all of a sudden she shows up, that character, Brooke, who has been so inconsequential the whole movie. She shows up with the dog. She's like, I found your dog. And they, Bo's there. Ellie's watching. So all these people are around. And then he just full on starts making out with her in front of these other people who are like, oh, Okay, that's awkward. And they're just standing there and they're making out. And then they decide to walk off into the night. And Ellie's like, it's okay, guys. I'm going to stay home and clean. Bye. There should have been a fucking laugh track at that point. Yeah. This is super lackluster, too, because it's like they're werewolves. And not once in this final fight do they even transform into wolves. It would have been kind of cool to maybe see Ellie as a, in her wolf form, like fighting Jake. Jimmy does it a little bit. He gets some acrylics. But like, other than that, nothing werewolfy happens. They look like vampires. They look like vampires meets the uh, the fucking black swan when Nina turns into the <laughs> swan. And her eyes turn like red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally what it is. So what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. This I it's hard for me to like critique. I mean not hard for me to create critique, but like score it appropriately because this movie was a fucking disaster to make. Like it's like I don't think there's been a story as infamous as this one as far as like the production just being a fucking wreck. Oh, um, I think that makes it so exciting in a way. <laughs> I mean, it makes it interesting, but um yeah. you could really tell when you watch the movie. And so I I'm going to give this one a like a one and a half for me. It okay. just doesn't do it for me. I just think, and I don't think it's the anybody involves fault other than uh, the Weinsteins. They ruined totally. This. They, they ruined, ruined it. everything. I think that the movie could have been <laughs> better, obviously. Oh, but yeah. I still think that it has some kind of cool moments that remind me of maybe sure. Death Becomes Her, Tales from the Crypt, or Creep Show, or something like that. So, but that's an imagery thing. Like, it has nothing to do with the storyline or the characters or anything. It's just, I like the way this movie looks, visually. Sure. Um, it has some kind of cool throwbacks to, like, 50s horror, and just yeah. sort of, like, the, the wind blowing and the leaves and the moon, and, you right. know, things like that. And I, I think- always love movies that take place in Los Angeles, personally, yeah. just because that's my hood and I love again sort of the same thing with Scream 3 like I like the uh, sort of entertainment industry meta aspect of it I just hate that it was turned into smithereens like it's totally inconsistent with itself like it it just needed to push further with like the scares the gore the storyline the effects the humor even like they could have camped it up to 100 the Weinsteins destroyed this movie and then they destroyed it even further when they made it PG-13 and cut all of the brilliant stuff out that we actually liked about it exactly okay this movie was a total missed opportunity to kind of create something cool yeah and Wes Craven says it was the reason why his phone didn't ring for many many years so, I mean, that's kind of tragic. Like, this yeah. tarnished the reputation of 
one of the greats Great. in the genre. Yeah, it's entertaining just to put on and it's fine. Yeah. Have it play it's in like the background. A, yeah. Revisit every once in a while when you see that it's available on Netflix or something like. Right. Oh, look, it's that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is rather forgettable, like you said earlier. Yeah, it is exactly like I like I I struggle to remember anything from this movie. I remember obviously like the big moments, but I can't remember quotes. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's just something that's so detached from my memory about this movie. Every time yeah. I watch it, I'm like. I literally remember like Maya. That's like the one thing yeah. I remember. Same. Um, same. I feel like I would give it a little bit more points just because I do like some of the imagery and I like the idea of the vision what this could have been. So I'm going to give it a 2.5. All right. That's solid. It's kind of high, but it's (laughs) maybe a two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we made it to the end of Curse. Thanks for sticking that out with us. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at... Fear the Talking Queers. We are on fearthetalkingqueers.com where you can get all the fun info about us. You can learn about who we are, what makes us tick, as well as, uh, you know, have some fun party games for you to play. So go check out fearthetalkingqueers.com. Oh, and also, I just have to mention this. We get a lot of requests from other podcasters and people who listen to be a part of the show. Um, But honestly, Jake and I are literally so busy. We can hardly include each other in this show. So it's really hard to get to some of these uh, collaborations, if you will. Right. So we have a few planned, but unfortunately we can't get to everybody. So if you really want to be a part of the show... um, um, you can go to anchor.fm slash fear the talking queers and you can literally record a snippet of yourself about what you like about the movie, what you don't like about the movies we're doing, and then we'll plug it into the episode and it'll be like you're here talking to us. Yes, yes, please do that. That's it's also fun. Uh, we had a check out our Ma episode from season two, and you'll hear exactly what we're talking about. But um, until the next episode, which is going to be a collaboration with Homies of Horror, yes, so exciting we are taking it to elm street and to crystal lake in freddy versus jason yes it's gonna be the homies of horror versus the fear of the talking queers um, <laughs> <laughs> okay bitches sweet screams bitch bye